Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Well, tonight, I truly believe that God has a word for you. I've been, uh, if you can stay standing, and then we'll, we'll, read, we'll read our portion of scripture and then, and then we'll get going. But two months ago, I was uh, on vacation and God just dropped a scripture on my heart. But he didn't tell me when to share it. He didn't tell me what it was for. And I just kind of kept it in my back pocket. And he released it uh, for tonight. And so I'm super excited for you guys. But I truly believe it's how you respond to it as well. So it's going to be challenging. It's going to be straight from the word. Uh, but it will, it will truly bless your life. I truly believe that. This is a word that challenged me to where I was up till 2 o'clock in the morning just repenting and saying, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've made it. So can we go before the Lord tonight? Lord, we come before you, we thank you. We thank you for what you're about to do. Lord, I ask that you would help us to be still and know that you are God. Let everything that we've been worried about this week, Lord, we know that it will come to pass. finances, family, situations, circumstances. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus right now that you would begin to heal us through your word. And that, Father, that the word that is being preached, I pray that you would take my thoughts, my feelings out of it, Father, and just let it be fresh from you. So I pray for an anointing tonight, Father, just to reside on this house. And the only thing that we are thinking about, the only thing that we desire, the only thing that we are pursuing tonight is your presence. And lastly, Father, I pray that you would begin to allow us to open up our hearts and say, Father, do whatever you wanna do on my heart tonight. If that's heal some trauma from the past, or if, that's, or if that's planning some vision for the future, Father, do whatever you want tonight. So we speak revival, and we speak. We speak confidently, knowing, Father, that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we thank you and we worship you. And the whole church let out a big amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys could be seated. Our scripture tonight is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. We're going to get right into the word. As you're turning there, um, I have a beautiful wife named Shatera. If you if you yeah, come on now. Yeah, I just gotta let her preach, amen. Uh, but she is, she's amazing. She uh, helps me get through tough times. She's always there. She's super positive. She's always encouraging. Uh, she's uh, helped me to be the man that I am today. 
I have two wonderful young boys. I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old who I absolutely love. And the more that uh, <clears throat> I have a relationship with Christ, the better, the better father I want to be, the better husband I want to be. And so as we dive into 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, my title tonight is Advancing the Kingdom of God. Advancing the Kingdom of God by becoming a good soldier for Christ. Come on, who wants to advance the Kingdom of God? I want to see the Kingdom of God advanced. And I want to see the Kingdom of, kingdom of God advanced in my family. I want to see the Kingdom of God advanced in schools especially public schools, can I get an amen? And I wanna see the kingdom of God get advanced in our cities, in our churches, to advance the kingdom of God. Second Timothy chapter two, verse four says this, you then, my children, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men. Who will be able to teach others? Verse three, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And this is what we are going to unpack tonight. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. I want to remind you that the title of this message is Advancing the Kingdom of God, Becoming a Good Soldier for Christ. Before I, I, I dive into what God put on my heart, you need to understand this is Paul writing a letter to Timothy. Timothy being very timid, being very, I want to say scared, but uh, maybe very cautious of, of how to act. There's a lot of Christians right now that are very cautious of how to act of what to say and when to say it. And Paul is charging Timothy to have boldness and confidence when it comes to the word of God. To not let anything shake you or unravel you. To not get consumed. To not get focused on cultural or civilian pursuits. It would be easy and prob probably relatively painless to read this scripture and agree with it in principle, but fail to apply it in practice. Charles Spurgeon has been quoted that there are three types of soldiers. Number one, the young soldier. The young soldier has the will to fight, however, his experience in fighting is lacking. This is also known as zeal without knowledge. Is it all right if I preach tonight? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it, so come on now, let's go. The old soldier has experience in fighting, however, the, the will to fight is missing. Meaning this, he has knowledge, but doesn't have the zeal. But the good soldier has both the will to fight and the experience in fighting. Meaning he has the right combination of zeal and knowledge. Upon entering the Roman army, soldiers would take a solemn oath for three things. Number one, 
they would never desert the standard. Number two, the Roman soldier would submit his own will to the commands of his leader. And number three, he would sacrifice his life for the safety of the emperor and the empire. Let's see how this can relate to us. Begin to think about this in the kingdom of God. How to become a good soldier. Does this relate? Never desert the word of God. Number one, submit to the command of the leaders, the ones who are discipling you. Come on now. Number three, sacrifice your life for the safety, or should I say, for the advancing of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It was an inflexible rule. An inflexible rule that the Roman soldiers should dread their own officers more than their own enemy. This dread produced firmness and honor. And because of this, they were easily managed, obedient, easily taught, willing to learn, and thus, valor was produced. But valor's not enough. Military ex exercises were vital and continuous. These military exercises were held morning and evening. Even if a soldier was older, he still did his exercises daily. Sheds were, were built in the winter just to make sure they could continue doing their exercises. Swords used in the exercises were double the weight of those used in actual warfare. The only difference in activity or circumstance during peace and war was the presence of blood on the battlefields. They cultivated the science of tactics and they could advance 20 miles in six hours. And not only that, they would carry their baggage until they met their own enemy. From history's pages, we learn of a cowardly young soldier in the army of Alexander the Great. Whenever the battle grew fierce, the young soldier would yield. The general's pride was cut because the timid soldier also bore the name Alexander. One day, Alexander the Great sternly addressed him and said this, stop being a coward or drop the name. The call to all Christians is the same today. May we faithfully live up to all the name Christian implies. Or some of us need to drop the name. I just gotta get a little warmed up. Verse four, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. So the Greek word for entangle is impleco, which literally means to be involuntarily interlaced to the point of no mobility. Impleco de depicts one who becomes so entangled that they are hindered or even controlled and no longer free to function effectively as a Christian soldier. My favorite thing was as, as I was studying on this is the imagery 
is connected to a soldier trying to draw his sword for battle, but his sword gets caught up in his clothes. Could you, could you imagine you're, you're, the enemy's coming after you, right? He, he, he's got his sword, but yet you can't even draw your own sword because it's, it's too tied up. You can't even fight back. And I began to just, Lord, what, what, what is this? Why did you drop this on my heart? John Piper stated this, when a Christian soldier gives his evenings and days off to being filled with harmless, enjoyable comforts, his whole mindset changes. The radical urgency fades, the wartime mentality shifts to a peacetime mentality. The lifestyle starts to get comfortable. The all-consuming focus on Christ evaporates and many of God's children are in this condition, comfortable. They are entangled, surrounded, held captive, holding fast to comforts rather than conviction. My introductory thought for you this evening is have comforts become more a priority in your life than convictions. We must be careful to not make peripherals, things around us, more important than our convictions. I believe the enemy is very strategic. And I, I truly believe that men, we, we are lacking in some areas of, of fatherhood, of marriage. And because the enemy is so strategic, what, what I think he's crafted are Sundays that should be the Lord's Day for... 21 weeks are not the Lord's Day anymore. It's the NFL's, week, NFL's day. And we, 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 we men are more focused on knowing the schedule of the NFL than we are on getting to church on time. I don't think I'm ever going to get back here, but hey, this is my one time. Let's go. <laughs> my introductory thought for you this morning is have comforts become more a priority in your life than your convictions when you first got saved you were the first one here now that you're older oh my team's playing pastor we must be careful to not make peripherals seem like priorities when you are driving on the road, I hope and I pray that you are focused on the car in front of you, not, up, not at the billboards on the side of you. But in our walk with God, the enemy wants to get you to focus on all the peripherals around you. That's culture. But what we tend to do is that's where our eyes go. And if you're driving on the road, the bigger, the shinier the billboards get. Now LED, the enemy's very strategic. But what we tend to do is we begin to make those our priorities. 
And if it's not the billboards, then it's going to be the cell phone. As a soldier for Christ, we are either in perpetual warfare or perpetual preparation. You, are, you should be in two states, meaning this. You are either in warfare or you're preparing for war. <clears throat> Ask yourself, what state are you in? And if you're not in any of those two states, maybe the enemy has you right where he wants you. Look, I get it. I want to enjoy life. I got a full-time job trying to pioneer a church, trying to make my wife happy. That's very easy. Amen, honey. I love you. I got two crazy kids, eight and a five-year-old. I could bag on my kids. They're crazy. Don't want to go to sleep. Don't want to go to school. Want to go to sleep. Then they don't want to go to school. Then they want to go to school. Then they don't want to go to sleep. Like, what do you guys want to do? <laughs> Come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Make up your mind. <laughs> I want to get comfortable. First thing you do when you get home from work, what do you do? I, well, hopefully you put on your, your comfy clothes, right? Your, stretch, your stretchy pants, you know? Come on now. <laughs> I get it. But to, to take this a little, a little deeper... You cannot be a soldier and a civilian at the same time. <laughs> you can't serve God and seek to be comfortable. A man entangled in this world is ill-prepared for the next one. Every child of God is to recognize that he is a soldier and that we are to recognize that the Christian life is not a playground, but a battlefield. There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and then counterclaimed by Satan. So what makes a good soldier? Let's dive into it. Number one, a good soldier places conviction over comfort. I'm going to hit on that for a little bit. Perhaps you are straining every nerve to obtain money or a place or power or pleasure to live in comfort. If that be your case, take heed tonight. You are sowing a crop of bitter disappointment. Unless you mind what you are about, your later end will be to lie down in sorrow. Thousands have trotted the path that you are pursuing and have awoken too late to find out that it ends in misery and in internal ruin. They have fought hard for wealth and honor and popularity and promotion, and turn their backs on God. And what has their end been? Often, far too often, they have found out that their whole life has been a grand mistake. A good soldier only gives heed to the commanding officer. What is the loudest voice in your life? 
hopefully, the word of God, the Holy Spirit prompts you, leads you, and then praying that your pastor, maybe your discipler, that should probably be about the order. But our order is messed up. A good soldier only gives heed to the commanding officer. If the commanding officer says jump, the soldier says how high. Comfort reveals weakness. And listen, church, the worthier the master, the more efficient should his servants be. We have to stop fighting harder for comfort than we do our convictions. We fight harder to relax than spread the gospel. We fight harder to get more sleep than pray. We fight harder to watch our football team than show up early to church. We will work harder for money, but not to advance the kingdom of God. We will work hard to advance our career, but not show up to outreaches. We have to stop fighting harder for comfort than standing up for our convictions. Come on. Number two, a good soldier knows the difference between discernment and emotions. I'm just going to jump right into this story. One of my uh, new favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Samson and Delilah. Have you guys, have you guys heard of this story? So when I was studying the Greek in Pleco, there's a part in, in Judges chapter 16 in this story where it says that Samson talks about the braiding of his hair. And this is actually the same braiding that is used in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. The same entanglement. Basically what the word of God is saying is that he's so entangled in his, his popularity and his power, he's forgetting what God has called him to do. But I want to speak this to you tonight that some of us are so consumed with our emotions that we have left discernment out in our lives. In order to be a good soldier, you have to be able to decipher between emotions and discernment. What ends up happening to Samson is he gets fed up with Delilah. And he says, stop bugging me. I don't, I don't care what you have to say anymore about this. Here, here's, here's, here's what it is. It's my hair. You gotta cut it. That's where my power lies. And when you read Judges chapter 16, you go, Samson, dude, you couldn't tell that this is what she was after? Like how many times has God got like, Samson, dude. But Samson was so caught up in his emotions, he lacked discernment. And if you wanna be a good soldier for Christ, man, you've gotta get back the discernment of the Holy Spirit in your life. Stop blaming your emotions and stop blaming culture. When the Holy Spirit has been trying to discern to you for the last week or months, I pray, I pray, I pray 
for you fathers. I'm just going to speak on, on the fathers real quick. Because the Holy Spirit will begin to drop things in your heart about your kids. But if you don't have the discernment to realize that the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you because maybe your kids aren't ready to handle what the Holy Spirit is maybe trying to get a hold of them, you're going to miss it. And so what, what's happening is I truly believe, in my opinion, that a lot of fathers are disconnected from their sons because they are lacking in the sense of discernment. And so if you want to grow in your relationship with your son, fathers, work on allowing the Holy Spirit to grow your discernment. Can I get an amen? You wives, maybe you need to pray for your husband to work on your relationship, you know, as well with your husband. But I will say this. There's been so many times that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me about my kids. And I miss it sometimes. Until after. I said, Holy, I said, Father, I'm so sorry I missed that. I was just caught up in work and my emotions. And to apply this to your life, we do the same things. It might not be with our kids, but it might be something directly that is, is going on in your situation, in your life, that the Holy Spirit is trying to give you discernment about, but yet your emotions are entangled with everything else. And so you can't see clearly. Let me, let me spit some truth to you real quick about discernment. Discernment is not a matter of telling the difference between right and wrong. Rather, it is telling the difference between right and almost right. True discernment means not only distinguishing the right from wrong, it means distinguishing the primary from the secondary. There's just certain things that you don't have to fight about, that you don't have to argue about, that you don't even have to research about. Can I get an amen? There's just, oh my goodness. I got on social media like, what, about a month ago? And I can't believe how many stupid debates there are. Just the dumbest things, fights. Still to this day, I've never seen anyone come to the Lord from, from a debate. Do you know where I've seen someone come from the Lord though? Discernment of how to love on someone, when to pray for someone. That's true discernment. True, true discernment is, dis is, is not only distinguishing the right from the wrong, it means dis distinguishing the primary from the secondary. That means your peripherals are becoming too important, that you're missing the main priority. If you want to be a good soldier for Christ, you've got to stop focusing on the peripherals. You gotta stop focusing on what's going around you and start focusing on getting at the feet of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Saying, Father, what is it that you want for me and my family? Number three, this is my favorite one. Loyalty over popularity. This is for, is uh, it Gen Z, I believe? What's after the millennials? Gen Z, this is for you. This is for everyone, but this is for you. Stop chasing opportunities. Be loyal for a little bit. Get rooted. 
There's always going to be opportunities in the kingdom of God. But there's always not going to be discipleship. And sometimes you can chase an opportunity without discipleship. That's not a real opportunity. That's just to give you a platform. And platform without discipleship is never going to turn out well. So if you want to be a, a, a good soldier for Christ, you need to understand loyalty over popularity. Here, here's my sub point. You are not a pagan. I'm going to dive into this. Dur during the early Christian church, the Latin word for being a civilian was pa uh, pagani. A pagan was not involved in the military in any way. This is the early Christian church. It was the Latin word that was carried over into Christian talk to refer to someone who had not joined God's army. Non-Christians were referred to as pagan. Our word pagan comes from the civilian military terminology. The civilian in this metaphor is the non-Christians. So when Paul talked about Christians not getting involved in civilian affairs, he was referring to not getting involved with pagan affairs. Nothing means more to a soldier than the will of his commanding officer. But we need to understand first that our obedience is to Christ and not to this world. What means the most to you? Because I want to say this to you tonight, there is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. You are either advancing the kingdom of God or you're not. And you're either loyal to the Father or you're loyal to this world. You are either with me or you are against me. So what is it that you are truly loyal to? Father takes you home tonight. What have you been truly loyal to? You know, we have the quotes or, or the scriptures as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But have you truly? Right? Has your whole heart tried to serve the Lord as best you can? Because in order to be a good soldier, it's full out devotion, meaning this, it's whatever the will of the Father is, I'll do it. And I see, I see revival being birthed here. I see so many great things. It's amazing to be here. You guys got a, a beautiful church. But what I see happening in, in Christian culture today, especially in the, in the younger generations, is they would rather go out after opportunity than be loyal to what God is calling them to do. So I ask you tonight, how loyal are you to the call of God on your life? I've been serving the Lord for 16 years and every year he takes me a little deeper but you know where he takes me the, the most deepest? Is in the call of God over my life. Am I gonna be obedient to it? It's hard. Because the call of God on your life is not comfortable. 
and for the visitors here, for, for, for those that are getting uh, just started in ministry, I want to I want to tell you something. It's a blessing what you're doing. But I also want to tell you, you're going to ha- have opportunities. And those opportunities are not always going to be from the Lord. Those opportunities might be from the enemy trying to distract you from your call to get you to slip, to get you away from discipleship, and to take away the great things that God wants to do in your life all because of an opportunity. Some of you need to hear this today. Being rooted and being loyal is better than any opportunity that you could ever get. So when I look at finishing the fight and I look at being a good soldier, my heart goes to Paul. And as I, as I close and look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, Paul once again is talking to his disciple. Come on, don't close me out here. He's talking to his disciple that is timid, that is scared, that is probably fearful. Probably is like, God, what, are you really calling me to, to do this? You, you gotta understand, Paul had the education. Paul had the experience. Timothy, on the other hand, he's young. Not, I mean, I don't wanna say he's not very smart, but he's not as eloquent as Paul is. So he's looking at Paul like, Paul, this is easy for you to say. And I I begin to put myself in Timothy's shoes. But you know what Paul says to Timothy? He's like, Timothy, dude, I'm about to die. But the one thing I need you to know is to not get caught up in civilian pursuits. Are you listening to this? This is... This is Paul's heart talking to his disciple. And he says, the one thing that I need you to to do is to not be a coward. Is to not back down. Is to not get so emotional. Have discernment. Is to be loyal. Stop going and wanting opportunities. And just let God bring the opportunities to you. Stop stop focusing on all, all these peripherals around you and begin to focus on on Christ Jesus. Stop being so entangled with what people think about you, what people are saying about you. So Paul closes out Timothy. And this is what he says. He says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. Do you know what soldier he was talking about? He was comparing the soldier to a Roman soldier. And the Roman soldier would give their life, would give their life 
for the empire. There, there was a gospel that's been preached. And I know it's preached here. That it's better to lose your life. And in losing your life, you will find it. Some of you need to understand, you need to die to yourself. And in dying to yourself, you actually gain life. But what we tend to do is instead of wanting to die to ourselves, we want to find comfort. We want to find the easiest way out. We want to say, Pastor, I'll be there, but as long as I'm comfortable. Pastor, I don't want to do anything uncomfortable. Paul is writing Timothy, and I, I plead with you to hear me. If Paul preached, he preached Christ. If he wrote, he wrote of Christ. If he gave an example of imitation, he says it was Christ. Follow Christ. If he furnished a powerful motive, it was fetched from Christ. Christ was his alpha and his omega, his first and his last, his all in all. Is, 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 is that in your life? Is Christ that important in your life? Right, like what... What would your kids say about your relationship to Christ? <laughs> I just want to be very honest because the tide is turning. And we are, we are either with Christ and enjoy the, the wave of revival or we miss it. And I, I don't know about you, but for me and my family... Not, not only are we going to serve Christ with our whole heart, but I'm not going to sacrifice my family and their walk with God just because of my emotions, just because of opportunity. So where are you tonight in, in your, not just walk with God, but if you were a soldier, where would you be in the army? Would you be a private? Not, not because that you just enlisted, but you can't be trusted. <sighs> Would you be a general? Because you have the experience, and you have the knowledge, and you have the zeal? Or would you be a private? Not because you just enlisted, hear me. It's not about how long you've been serving God, but it's, been how, it's how you serve God. And, and the Lord just began to, to check me, man. This is a Friday night. I got home from a 40-hour work week. I know some of you work more, so feel bad for me, right? <laughs> but I worked 40 hours a week trying to prepare my sermon for Sunday. Got my kids, they wanna hang out with me and they wanna play board games. I'm like, I gotta study. And the Lord just dropped it on my heart. Dude, when you first got saved, you would wake up at four o'clock if you had to get the sermon done. No problem. Whatever you need, pastor. I'll never forget, I love my, my pastor, Pastor Mondo. Shout out to Pastor Mondo, Re, uh, Resonate Church, amen. 
I'll never forget, Pastor Mondo just had his uh, kidney surgery, and it was a Sunday morning, and he was like uh, maybe about a year after, but he was still having a lot of pains. And it was a Sunday morning, I was like 21 years old, and I'm setting up the church, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, we have service at 10.30, and he goes, Luke, I'm not gonna be there. I'm like, all right, pastor, what, what should we do? He's like, I need you to preach. I was like, what'd you say? He's like, I need you to preach. I'll never forget this. I said, pastor, whatever you need, I got you. That might've been the worst sermon I ever preached, but I'll say this. I preached my whole heart out. Come on. Now, I just wanna be very transparent tonight. It's very easy to, to um, search and seek after opportunities. But there's nothing sweeter when the Lord does it. Because when the Lord does it, there's protection and there's an anointing over it. There's a peace over it. When you begin to search opportunities on your own, if there's no discernment, like I said before, the Lord might not even be in those opportunities. So back to my story, I said, Lord, it's Friday night, it's 11 o'clock, I'll stay up as long as you want me to. And I'll work on the sermon. And it was about till 2.30 in the morning, I just stayed up getting the sermon ready for you guys. Lord, whatever you want. And he just checked me on these three things because I used to have big convictions on making sure I always said, yes, Lord. I'm ready, send me. No matter what it was, if it was cleaning the toilets, yes, Lord, send me. Can I get an amen? Yes, Lord, send me. Parking duty, yes, Lord, send me. So, so, some of you forgot that. <laughs> some of you were so worried about everything else that you forgot just to say yes to your pastor. You're so worried about hearing other opportunities that you're forgetting the opportunity that's right in front of you. And then my emotions. I said, Lord, this has been a hard three months. And he said, yeah, you've been focused on all of your emotions and, and not even discerning what the Holy Spirit's been dropping on you. He said, I've been trying to speak to you about your wife. I've been trying to speak to you about your, your kids. I've been trying to speak to you about the church. But you've been in the way. So, Lord, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want to be fresh. He said, I've been trying to give you fresh things. And then number three, have I, been, have I truly been loyal to my calling? There's some of you that you need to hear this tonight, that the enemy has attacked you where you're most valuable. And he's trying to take that away from you so you can no longer use it for the kingdom of God. 
But I want, I want you to hear tonight, let God restores. And what the enemy meant for evil, God means for good. So if you're here tonight and you feel like it's over, I don't have a shot. God wants to bring restoration in your life. If you feel like there's no way I could ever teach or I could ever preach, I want you, I want you to know I didn't get saved until I was 18 years old. And I never thought I was gonna preach or teach, but the Lord had different plans. But how obedient are you gonna to be to those plans? Let's bow our heads tonight. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.